Good morning, everybody. Oh, all right. You guys are awake. Yes. Going to have some fun. Excellent. Well, hey, for those of you who uh, uh, I haven't had the privilege of meeting yet, my name is Aaron. I'm the youth and associate pastor here at Journey Church, and uh, my hot wife, Lauren, is in the back taking care of uh, kids' ministry this morning, and uh, our, our girls, I think my son is back there as well, so we've got our son, Cohen, is 12, Livia is 9, Mariah turns 8 today. Yes, and that's a big deal. Uh, Johanna is four, but eight is a big deal in our house uh, because at five they get to chew gum. They get to have like you know, and they, they you know they get to go and they get to pick it out at the gas station or or at Walmart or whatever, wherever we may be. When they turn five, they're all excited. I want I want my own pack of gum. All right, and we're like, okay, but you don't put the whole pack, right? You got to teach them, train up a child in the way they should go, right? And so don't put the whole pack in your mouth. And, and then at six, they get to enjoy that it's the, you know, it's been a year that they get to chew gum. We don't do anything on that year. Uh, seven is Star Wars, the good ones from the 70s and the 80s. They watch that. Amen. Come on, that'll preach. And so that's what they get to do at seven. Eight, they get a pocket knife. They get their first knife. So she doesn't have it now. She's not back in kids' ministry. Check it out. Right? No. Relax. We learned our lesson after first service. We're not doing that this service. Uh, but yeah, so this year is, is pocket knife year. It's a big, it's a big deal. And uh, with all of the other, the other two older ones, we actually uh, had a, an event planned and we forged a knife. So they got a, a pocket knife and then we went and we forged our own. And so we're scheduling that with her, but she's excited. And uh, it is a, it's a big day in the Pippin house to, to turn eight turn eight. So she's just amazing. So that, those are my kids. That's, uh, that's us. That's who we are. But uh, we've been in a series here uh, the last, uh, since COVID, titled Think Like Jesus. And uh, just since the beginning of the summer, and it's been awesome. Uh, it, for me, okay, I'm just going to speak for me. For me, it's helpful because we're addressing all of these different areas in life, and, and sometimes what I can do is my wife says that, um, that men are like waffles and women are like spaghetti. And so I have these little, like, squares, right? And nothing else exists outside of my square, right? So when I get asked, hey, babe, what are you thinking about? Well, nothing, because I have a square that's designated for it, and it is awesome. It's fantastic. Like, that's my favorite place to go, right? I, I'll finish up my other square, my doing something square, and then I just pull up a lawn chair and I sit down in my nothing square. Like, this is, this is great. And, and so sometimes I can get into that where I've got this compartment of, I think like Jesus at church, because, you know, <laughs> it's easy. Um, but it's difficult to think like Jesus when the speed limit is 70, and I'm only going 60. <sighs> I, find, I find it different. I'm not in my nothing box there. There's a lot happening. That's a, that's a lot of happening box that's going on when I should be doing, I, I feel comfortable going seven over. And, and so that, that's me. So I'm sitting there going, I'm, I'm 17 miles an hour behind where I should be. That means in an hour, I'm 17 miles behind where I should be. And Google is going to beat me because it said that I should arrive someplace at a certain time. And I'm going to beat it. So, compartmentalize. 
think like Jesus, right? And so it's been helpful for me. It's, it's good for me that I can see these different places. And last week we talked about uh, judging. <laughs> All right. Man, it was, it was fantastic. We had the chairs up here. Pastor Ken walked us through this. Uh, the accuser chair, the accused chair, and how at different times we can sit in these different spaces occupying this different place of, of judging, and, and then how we need to turn that over and, and think like Jesus. So today, we're going to continue in our series, Think Like Jesus, and it is Ask, Seek, and Knock. Ask, Seek, Knock. And so there's a, there's a few things that we actually find that are implied in just those three simple words, okay? Just in ask, seek, and knock, there are three implications that we see. And under asking, asking implies that we recognize our need and that we trust God to hear our prayers. Just in, just in asking. And maybe some of you are like me where, you know, if you have a need, you ask for help. Or if you have a need, you don't ask for help. Right? That can be a little bit of a difficulty. Like, I, do you need help moving that? No, I got it. It's not heavy. It's just awkward, right? Yeah, that's the Midwestern term for I need help, right? Grab the, grab the other side of this awkward thing. No, no I got it. That's, it's fine. It's not heavy. It's just awkward, right? But we need, to, we need to ask for help. And so sometimes we can struggle with that. But asking implies that we recognize our need. I have a need. And I'm going to trust God to hear my prayer. Seeking. Seeking implies that our request is sincere. That I, I am sincere with my need. I am asking God. And I'm willing to obey and pursue his purposes when he responds. And here's the trick. Either with an answer or instruction. And sometimes the instruction part can bring some frustration. But I'm still going to be willing to obey it's God's purposes. I'm setting aside my stuff. I have a need. He has either an answer or instruction, and I'm going to surrender to that. Knocking, knocking implies that we keep bringing the request to God, even when he doesn't respond quickly. Sometimes we can feel like, hey, it needs to be, it needs to be an answer right now. I remember, I remember being in, in church as a kid, and um, in the 80s, and my pastor would be like, in this uh, microwave day and age, right? And I'm like, microwave? Man, we got a whole lot more cool stuff than that. We got Atari. Yeah, with asteroids. Right? Some of you remember? Yes, you're like, yeah, take me back. Right? But in this day and age where we've moved beyond the microwave, and now we have air fryers, which are way better. Ours is named Lazarus because he resurrects dead meals. But it is all about... Getting something quick. Sometimes we're like, I sent my request and it should be ding, thank you. I got what I want from Jesus. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But we need to wait at times. That it's not this quick response. Sometimes there is, there is an answer rather than, or an instruction rather than an answer. I, I'm hearing from God, but I'm not hearing what I want and it's not happening quickly. And so, Lord, help me to, help me to continue to recognize my need, continue to be sincere in my request, but also continue to follow after you. And so we're going to be in Matthew chapter 7 today talking about ask, seek, knock. 
And so Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 12 is going to be our primary passage. So if you want to turn there, locate that, uh, look it up, however you want to do, we're going we're gonna to stray away from it and we're going to jump back into it a couple of different times. So Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 12. This is the, I have the uh, New Living Translation, so you can follow along with me. But verse 7, it starts, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people, just a reminder, he's talking to you. We'll get to that later. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. That's going to be our passage today. If you'll pray with me, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this time where we can be in your house with your people and allowing your word to change us, transform us. Lord, may we, may we hear from you. May we yield to you. May we encounter you in, in a transformative way. In your holy name, amen. Amen. So, ask, seek, knock. That's what we're talking about today. And for some of you, you maybe you can remember. So, if for some of you, it might be a long trip down memory lane. For others of you, it might be shorter, and that's okay. All right? We're just going to go on a journey together. But maybe you can remember coming home from school or coming home from an activity or just coming in from being outside, maybe being wild earth children that we used to be way back in the day before electronics were everywhere, and you had to go and play outside with stuff, right? Like, look, I found a stick, and I'm going to play with this for two days, right? But... You come back into the house, and in, um, in my house with, uh, with my brother, who's, he's four years younger than I am, we would go out and we would play, and during the summer there would be this creek bed that would dry up. And we would go and we would play in that, but we would start on opposite ends of the property at the, on the farm that we lived on, and we would have paintball guns. And then it was, we would just like run towards, we couldn't see each other, so we didn't know at what point we would come around the corner and, and be shot with a paintball. And, um, but we were okay with it because we were both 80s kids and we used to shoot each other with BB guns. Um, so it's fine, it's fine, it grew back. But uh, so we, we, had the, we had the paintball guns, we'd be out there and we'd be playing. And then, you know, sometimes there'd be an altercation, you know, because that's what brothers do. And, uh, you know, I shot you first. No, you didn't. You're being mean. No, I'm not. Right? And there's this something happening, right? Whatever it may be, it ends up that we are in need of a parent. And so we come into the house, and we come busting in through the door. And whether we're excited, whether we're upset, whatever it may be, there's just, we're looking for mom and dad. And maybe this has been your house. The first door opens up and it's, Mom! Dad! Where are you? Ah! Mom? Mom? Right? And if you, grew up, if you grew up in church, you had this moment where you're like, Did I hear a trumpet? Did I, did I miss the rapture? 
right? Like, there's stuff sitting out. There's, like, folded clothes that where clothes aren't normally folded, and you're thinking maybe that happened. But you're looking, right? You're trying to find mom, trying to find dad, and, and this was our house, right? We'd, we'd run around, and then, and then we would, we'd locate what door they were behind, right? Whether it was mom or it was dad, the, the asking was, we're trying to figure out, are they, are they through the, the swinging door going into the kitchen? Are they, are they down uh, the hallway? Do we need to go there? Are they in their room? Are they, are they in the, the bathroom? Hmm. If you ever had toddlers, they, that's where they go first, JJ went there the other day. She comes out of the bathroom and goes, I can't find mommy. And I went, is this the first place you looked for? Yes. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, there's other doors. Try one of those, right? But sometimes we're needing to know where the door is. So we're, but we're looking for the person, right? So we're asking what door they're behind. Then we begin to seek the individual, right? Hey, Mom, Dad, I need, or hey, Mom, Dad, can you help with? Hey, Mom, Dad, what about? Right? It's, it's that, that petition, that request, that, that crying out. And then there's, there's the knocking. Are you still in there? How much longer? Hey, hey. Or if they're, you know, if they're still in that toddler age, like the knock is down here, right? And it's really small. And then like the fingers come underneath the door. And you just kind of see them wiggling. And then they ask if you have goldfish, like you have a dispenser next to the commode of goldfish. What sort of barbarians would do that? So it's this request. It's we're asking, we're seeking, we're knocking. And even as kids, we have all grown up and done this at some point. And for those of you who are parents, you, are, you might be doing that right now. Or you've just finished doing that and you're going, thank goodness, I can go to the restroom alone. Praise the Lord. But what I find interesting is that whether it was my brother and I coming in and wanting to find mom desperate uh, or, or anxious or upset or, uh, and sometimes this happened, it was a little, mom, are you, are you around? Um, we have a problem, right? And that usually meant like there was blood. Uh, and, and so it was like, but if dad was there, it was like, hey, dad, where's the duct tape? <laughs> I'm just going to wrap it up. But our attitude oftentimes can be uh, a part of what is taking place within the asking, the seeking, and the knocking. And so that's going to be our first point, is our attitude. Attitude in asking, seeking, knocking. And what's great about this Think Like Jesus series that we've been in is that this actually, excuse me, this actually points us back to the very beginning of our series in Think Like Jesus in the Beatitudes. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 10. Because what we're reading about today is not about us gaining our own material desires. It is for us to adjust our attitude and to look at the Beatitudes as our continued and reminded example of what we are to be doing. So Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 10. We're going to read these Again, just so that we can be reminded, they are blessed who realize their spiritual poverty, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. They are blessed who grieve, for God will comfort them. They are blessed who, humble, who are humble, for the whole earth will be theirs. They are blessed who hunger and thirst after justice, for they will be satisfied. They are blessed 
who show mercy to others, for God will show mercy to them. They are blessed whose thoughts are pure, for they will see God. They are blessed who work for peace, for they will be called God's children. They are blessed who are persecuted for doing good, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Attitude is a huge part of the asking, the seeking, and the knocking. Right? And sometimes it's even in the asking. Sometimes it's even in the seeking. And you might even be able to hear it in the knocking, right? I want this now, right? And there's, there needs to be a correction in the attitude. And again, this probably has never happened in your home. But sometimes in my house, my kids, they can get a little bit entitled, a little bit demanding. Now, come out now. Uh, no. I'm busy. <laughs> and so our attitude of entitlement is not to be presented to our Savior in these moments that we're, we're to adjust our attitude to be humble, to realize our spiritual poverty. We look at the Beatitudes and hold up our attitude as a, as a filter of that. Like, where do I need to have this adjustment? And for me, I, I need to make that adjustment on a regular basis. And so when we, look at, when we look at our relationship with Jesus, God, I'm asking. God, I'm seeking. God, I'm knocking. And that isn't something that he's frustrated by. That's the great thing about who he is. He's telling us, do this. I want this from you. But then the reminder of our attitude. And I think for, for me that there can, be, there can be times where that entitlement creeps in. If it doesn't come out in my actions, it's, it's there in my mind. I, I deserve this. Like, God, you, you should answer this prayer. I've, I've sacrificed for you. I've served you. And the Holy Spirit brings that check, that reminder. Because if I'm going to think like Jesus, Jesus never was entitled. Jesus never acted entitled, never spoke in an entitled way. He was, he could have been. He would have been the perfect person for that. He comes from heaven to come and, and rescue us, and never is he communicating his entitlement. As the creator of all things, he never once does that. And so if we think like Jesus, we think in humility. We ask in humility. We seek in humility. We knock in humility. Because we're not praying to control God. We're praying to align our desires with his desires. We're praying to submit our will to his will, right? Another, our second point is persistence. So we have asking, seeking, knocking. We're talking about our attitude. And then there's persistence. If our, if our attitude is healthy, if our attitude is right, then persistence is a good and healthy thing. And as a parent, you would want a child who is approaching in a healthy attitude to persist to approach you. Absolutely. And so that's what Christ continues to talk about, that our prayers are not these one-hit wonders. It's not, hey, I, Jesus, I, I'm, I'm, my attitude is right, and here's my request, amen, and then that's it. Like, never again. He's encouraging us to be persistent. It keeps our, our attitude keeps us 
or excuse me, our persistence keeps us asking, keeps us seeking, keeps us knocking. And this is where Jesus is teaching us to pray for our spiritual lives. Again, the reminder, it's not about material things. We are praying for our spiritual lives. That's the instruction that he is giving us in this passage. Because it's easy for us to persevere in crisis. Like something goes wrong, man, hey, we're going we're gonna to gather, right? It's going to go on the, the prayer email. It might end up on your, your Facebook timeline. It's going to be, you know, and maybe you even like schedule something and people gather and we're going we're gonna to pray. We're going to pray. Something's happened. Somebody's sick. Somebody got a bad diagnosis. There's a crisis taking place and we're going to persist in prayer. And then when the answer or the instruction happens and there's not crisis, for me, I'm going to continue to speak for me. I'll see a, a dip in my persistence. I'll see my, my attitude staying right, and, and I'm, I'm submitting that to God. But then I'll see that when, when there are not times of crisis, that my persistence will wane. And, and God is challenging us. Jesus is challenging us in this passage to continue to pray for others and pray for ourselves. Pray for our spiritual lives. For our spiritual growth. So here's a great thing. The treasures Christ gives are eternally ours and eternally satisfying. But persistence is the key. My son is 12. He tells me that he's almost 13. He's got like six or seven months until he turns 13. But he's almost, almost 13. And, uh, and we were talking uh, just, just a few weeks ago just about different things. He'll ask me, well, Dad, what if, you know, how old were you when this happened or when you did these things? And, and uh, you know, I'm like, well, our, our lives are very, very different. So it's, it's okay if some of this sounds a little bit different than what your experiences are. And he's like, okay. And so he's asking different things. And then he gets to like, well, when can I get a car? Well, not today. <laughs> right? The... One of the main reasons being he's not ready. That's the primary reason. He's not getting a car right now. He's not ready. There needs to be some more growth physically and in maturity. He needs to be able to see over the steering wheel, right, and, and, and all of that stuff. So he's not ready for that, but we still have conversations about it. And so sometimes there are things that that God has for us, and as we pursue Him, we are growing in maturity so that we're ready to receive those spiritual gifts that He has for us. Is that making sense? You guys tracking with me? In youth group, we say, this is yes, this is no, all right? Yeah, and so some of you are like, I don't know what's going on. Um, but... <laughs> But yeah, we, we, have this, we have this persistent attitude that we're, we're after Christ and there are times where it is yes, but not yet. Yes, but not yet. Because we need growth. We need, to, we need to have the growth that comes from continuing to pursue Him. Continuing to be after Him. Continuing to ask, seek, knock. Right? I'm wanting connection. I'm wanting access with Him. He's not hiding himself, but the time is not right right now. 
Another one of the things that we have in relationships is, or excuse me, another one of the things that we have is intensity in our persistence. And what's really neat about intensity, intensity actually leads us into relationship. We have intensity in, in uh, some of our, our encounters or our relationships with, with people. There have, been, there have been friends that I still have today because we had an intense connection. We, we, we bonded over something awesome like Star Wars or, uh, you know, like, like life-changing things like that, like Star Wars, right? Uh, but we, we connected over something and it was intense. Or, or like in, uh, in, a, in a marriage, there's intensity, there's passion, right? And so what, what keeps that from waning is persistence, right? Because we have a relationship, we need to be intense in it, but we also need to be persistent in it. And so relationship is our, our, third, our third component, our third piece of our message this morning. And Matthew chapter 7, like I said, we're going to be jumping right back into that. Matthew 7 verses 9 and 10 talks right to relationship and what that looks like and what that means for us. Verse 9, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? This is just, this is kind of a, a crazy thought for a first century parent to, to hear or to think about or to speculate because a son in the first century, especially during this time frame, was a fulfillment of a promise. It was, a, a son was something that our family name will continue. Our family will be able to possess land through this individual. Right? That was the culture of that time. And so there is great significance. So there is this, there's this, this protection. There's this reliance. There's this promise. There's this fulfillment of something. There's a blessing beyond the right here and now just in this individual standing before the parent. And so the, the absurdity of which of you would give your son a stone if he asked for bread or a snake if he asked for fish? Their thought would be, that's insane. Nobody would do that. That's the most crazy thing. Like, I can't even imagine that. And then Jesus continues in verse 11. He says, if you then, though you are evil, right? Like, gets their attention. Their thought is, nobody would do that. And Jesus says, right, but you're evil. <laughs> He's talking to us. That's who we are. Though you are evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And here's one of the interesting things is the reason that there's the, the words that are used, the bread to uh, the stone and the fish to the snake, is that the stones in that area actually had kind of an elongated, flattened loaf look to them. So they're close, but they're not right. And, and the fish in that area would have been more of what we would, have, we would recognize as like an eel, okay? Elongated, a little bit more like an eel than like a, you know, a walleye or a pike or a bass or something that we recognize around here. So a snake would be close but not right. And that's what Jesus is talking, that he loves us so much that he's not going to give us things that are close but not right, he has the right thing for us. And sometimes it is our attitude that we don't see that what God is providing is the right thing. 
We're expecting something because we're in a world of stones and snakes and God has bread and fish for us. That's who he is. Luke chapter 11 verse 13 builds on this. Builds on this relationship component. It says, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those of you who ask? What greater gift is there than the Holy Spirit? I mean, God is, is bringing his presence to us. The Holy Spirit speaks to us, transforms us, changes us, draws us into that relationship. That as we are asking, as we are seeking, as we are knocking, He gives us the Holy Spirit to be able to discern. God, you've given me an answer. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be obedient in that. God, you've given me an instruction. I'm going to be obedient in that. I'm going to be obedient in that. It hurts, it stings. Right? So I'm not denying that there's not pain, but I'm continuing to pursue. I'm continuing to seek him. I'm continuing after my father because I want access to him. God, I know you're not hiding yourself from me. What's the next thing? Where would you have me go? I want to follow after you. And then our, our final verse of, of our passage in Matthew chapter 7 is, is verse 12. And many of you may know this as the golden rule. Right? And, Many of you may have memorized this. I think uh, Boy Scouts did something with this uh, way back. And uh, when I was growing up, there was a, a ministry called Royal Rangers. It was very similar. And we memorized the, the golden rule. That's what, that's what we had to do. We, we would stand up there and we'd have to, whatever, like, you know, a salute or something we did. And I was little. And, and we would memorize this passage and we would share this passage and and, and then if it was, if something felt unfair or if we were doing something unfair, we'd be asked, what should we do to others, right? We'd do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The rest of that passage says, this is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. That's significant. That's huge. And, and again, maybe, maybe this is just me, but there are, there are things that I remember memorizing as a kid that still feel associated and attached to childhood, and it feels like a little kid's verse. Even though here in this story, Jesus is speaking to adults, he's speaking to parents, he's speaking to a hillside of people. But we can sometimes look at this and be like, that's for little kids. Little kids need to, now Johnny, don't do that. What would you want others to do to you, right? But it's Jesus is speaking to us. And so as I read this, it makes me, makes me ask the question of maybe rather than passing on the harshness that, that we've experienced as kids, as teens, as young adults, as a new employee, whatever. Maybe that rather than passing on that harshness, that hurt, that pain, this is what happened to me and so I turned out fine. They'll be okay. Maybe instead of following man's model, we follow Christ's model. And we, we lead them into an area of vulnerability. Lead them into an area of an attitude and a persistence and a relationship that is healthier than what we experienced. What would, what would I have wanted to experience rather than the harshness, the pain, the hurt? What would have been 
What would I have preferred? And then God is calling us to, to pass that on, that that be that legacy, that be the inheritance rather than the repeat. It's just another rerun of the same old thing. And so we've talked about our attitude. We've talked about persistence. We've talked about relationship. And all of that is in asking and seeking and knocking. It's a pursuit of our Savior, of our healer, our Redeemer, the creator of all things. And, and to kind of summarize, I, I've got five things that I want to share with you. Five things that I feel are practical steps that, that just redirect our attention. That it moves us from, hey, what can I get? Because we, we easily fall back into that. What, what can I do? We easily fall back into that. How do I surrender? How do I turn my attention away from myself and back onto God? So here's number one. Number one, we focus on God and his kingdom. We just focus on God and his kingdom. When we start to think about ourselves and our own kingdom, we focus on God and his kingdom. Number two, we recognize God's love. It's significant that we use the word recognize because it's easy to forget. Again, this is me. It's easy for me to forget that God loves me when I'm frustrated and I'm hurt and I'm in a point of crisis and I'm not getting the answer in the time and the way that I want. Or the answer is no, and it's helpful for me to recognize God's love in that. So one, focus on God and his kingdom. Two, recognize God's love. Number three, focus on God's will. Not my will. Lord, not my will be done, but yours. So focus on God's will. Again, focus on God and his kingdom. Recognize God's love. Focus on God's will. Number four, focus on prayer. And we're continuing to seek him. We're continuing to acknowledge I have a need. I can't fulfill it on my own. I can't satisfy this on my own. I can't fix this on my own. I need you. So I focus on prayer. Focus on God and his kingdom. Recognize God's love. Focus on God's will. Focus on prayer. And the last one, focus on obeying Christ. We focus on obeying Christ. I know those, those seem simple and those are, those are just reminders, practical steps so that I can continue to make sure that I am asking God in a right attitude. I'm seeking him in persistence and then I'm knocking on the door in relationship with him. And I use those five things to be able to turn my attention and turn my focus back to him. So we're going to close a little bit differently uh, this morning. So we're, we're actually going to close in worship. That's why the worship team is up here. And, and uh, But if you would stand with me this morning as we prepare to close, because as we're looking at all that we have, as we're looking at all that there is to distract us and and how we can turn our attention and turn our, our focus away from ourselves and back onto God. Worship, worship is the, one of the greatest ways that we can do that. Because we're, we're putting aside the focus, the music is turning us and tuning us to Him. The words are to Him, about Him, worshiping Him. And in that, we just say, God, I need you. And so, 
If there's some of the, the prayer team that would be willing to come up, we're going to have some of our prayer team up here. And as we prepare to move into worship, if you have a need, we want to pray with you. But even more importantly than that, if you don't know Jesus, it would be our greatest joy and pleasure to introduce you to Jesus. Jesus has changed everything, made all the difference in my life. I'm living and alive because of Jesus and what he's done in me. And I would love for you to know him, to meet him, to follow him. So we're here to, to do that with you. Or if you just need a, a place to pray, that you're, you're going, Pastor Aaron, I've been doing this asking, and I've been doing this seeking, and I've been doing this knocking, and I am exhausted, and I'm lost, and I'm hurt, because the answers aren't coming and I just don't know what to do next. We want to, we would be willing to pray with you. But if you need a place, come find a place. So we're going to, we're going to spend these last few minutes knocking on heaven's door and asking God to come and just have his way.
Thank you that you love your sons and your daughters. You love your sons and daughters even more than us earthly parents in this room. Love our sons and daughters. And so you're not annoyed by the sound of our voice. You call us to ask and to keep on asking. You call us to seek and to keep on seeking. You call us to knock and to keep on knocking. And so, Father, we thank you for this word that we've received this morning. We ask, God, that we would take it out of this room, that tomorrow and on Tuesday, on Wednesday and Thursday, God, that there would be moments where we would just sense the whisper of your spirit calling us, come find me. 
come draw near to me. And as we draw near and as we ask and seek and knock, that you would open the door. Not just for stuff, not just for the pursuit of things, but most of all for your presence. To know you and to be loved by you. So we thank you, God, that you include this in your word because you want your children, you want your followers to live this. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, before you go, remember those connection cards. If you're making a decision today, a next step, make sure to mark that on the bottom of your connection card. We have some good-looking people in the back with white buckets by faith. We have some good-looking people in the back with white buckets that are going to be taking those cards as you leave this morning. Thank you guys for doing that. And then, um, yeah, have a great weekend. Hope you guys are safe. We'll see you real soon. God bless you.